Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host, and this is my podcast. And my guest today is Maxine Dillon. Oh, this is a special one. Um, Maxine Dillon. Let me get all this right. I may or may not be reading this because I don't want to fuck up this, this description of her job because um, she is a special angel treasure, and I want all of you to know about her and all that she does. Maxine Dillon is a certified transpersonal spiritual counselor and a hands-on energy healing therapist. All right, She specializes in working with creative professionals, and she's designed a healing process to support them as they step into their personal power and take a stand for their creative vision. Yeah, I worked with Maxine. We did an hour-long session over the phone, and at first I was like, I don't know. Am I going to do this right? Is it, is it going to work? What is this? In seven seconds, I was like weeping. I, I had been unblocked. We were talking about which chakras of mine were blocked, and she was so dead on, and I was just like... Anyway, and when I had such a wonderful experience with her over the phone, I thought, you know, I had to ask her to be on my podcast because I wanted to ask her more about her and I wanted you guys to to, uh, be introduced to Maxine and all that she does. And if you guys want to work with Maxine, visit bluestarguidance.com and you can contact her for a free one-hour phone clarity session where she'll help you get clear on all of your needs for, for the future and how she can support you. I am telling you, I uh, I was shocked. I swear to fucking God. Um, I'm trying not to curse so much, so forgive me. But anyway, you can also find Maxine on Instagram at Blue Star Guidance, where she posts daily tips, tools, workshops, healing words of inspiration. And uh, Maxine is also on the teaching team at Healers Forum. So if you're interested, if you any of you out there are interested in pursuing energy healing as a career, or just personal growth in general, visit healersforum.com to learn about their certification programs, certification programs. Thank you very much. Um, Yeah. And I originally learned about Maxine through uh, a previous guest of the Love Alexi podcast, Sarah Violet Bliss. So I love this. I love that my podcast builds community. It's a family. It's a tapestry of incredible, creative, wonderfully special people. Um, So yeah, and one of my favorite parts of this conversation is we actually do a grounding meditation. And if you just want to skip ahead to that, it's at the 45 minute and 52 second mark, I believe. But uh, it's beautiful. Um, It really does the trick. We go through all the chakras, where they are, what they're linked to. I had no idea. I was all backwards. I had no idea where the chakras were and what they meant. Um, Anyway, I hope everybody out there had a wonderful Oscar weekend. I mean, who cares? I was really glad Get Out won. Uh, I saw Lady Bird and I saw Phantom Thread and I saw Get Out. I really like those movies. Other than that, I didn't really care about the Oscars, except I did go to a very fun Oscar party. 
uh, filled with Love Alexi alumni, Jordan Firstman, Charles Rogers, Sarah Violet Bliss, Bridie Elliott, Jeffrey Self. Um, it was a veritable who's who of the uh, Love Alexi podcast, and I had a blast. Um, it's been a super emotional week for me. I've gone to two hot yoga classes this week, wept at the second one, gutterly, silently wept. Then I came home. I, mean, I don't know what was going on. I don't know what chakras were being unblocked in my yoga class, but like maybe it was just because, you know, it's that time of the month or whatever. How dare you? Um, but I was silently weeping in yoga class. Um, luckily, all the tears could be confused uh, with the sweat uh, emanating from my body because uh, it was a hot yoga class. It was also a candlelit session, so nobody could really see me. Um, then I came home to watch the first episode of, of The New Queer Eye. I wept watching that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been a lot of emotion this week. I, th- I think it was like a full moon. I bought a CBD vape pen or three. They are not for me. No thanks. I'm returning all of them after I record this intro. Um, I went out with my friend Bridie. We went to like five hot spots. We went dancing a little bit. That was fun. It was just a whirlwind of a week. Watched a ton of movies. I watched a movie called Starting Over. These are my viewing recommendations. Starting Over. It's an old-timey movie starring Burt Reynolds and Jill Clayburgh. I finally watched Tambourine, Chris Rock's new Netflix special. I mean, how did it take me so long to watch that? That was incredible. At times, it was just like uh, a confessional. It's like it wasn't even comedy. It was just like really personal reflections on who he is, what he's been through, what he's learned. It was the greatest. I walked away so glad. Better for it is what I'm saying. Uh, I, I, you know, I've been watching all the typical, the usual trash, Housewives, Bachelor, Vanderpump Rules. What the fuck is up with Ari on The Bachelor? I can't believe this. What a fucking piece of garbage. He should, I mean, spoiler alert, cover your ears if you haven't heard it, but uh, he should never have proposed if he was that confused. Anyway, don't get me started on that. Um, I'm throwing another girls' night in gathering. It is at a private residence. It is about 15 girls sitting around in a circle, drinking rosé or tea or a non-alcoholic beverage, uh, meeting each other, becoming new friends, exchanging information, and then going around in a circle, talking about what they're noticing, what they're feeling, what they might be spiraling over. And if you want to be part of something like that, DM me on Instagram. I would absolutely love to have you. You can always send emails to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, if you like the Love Alexi podcast, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment. And if you want to support the show, because Love Alexi is a listener-supported show, please do so. You can support this show by becoming one of my patrons on patreon.com forward slash Alexi. If you pledge $5 or more, you get access to unreleased episodes, uh, lots of intros gone wrong or rants or beauty recommendations, just lots of stuff. And really, overall, if you make any kind of donation, what you're doing is contributing and supporting something you enjoy. And it so helps me continue doing this podcast so I can grow the show and just keep at it because I love it, but I don't get paid for it. So any support you guys give, it's meaningful. It means and matters more than you know. So there's that info. And we should definitely be friends on all of social media. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Alexi Wasser. I want to give a big shout out to my grandma, 
my grandma, Inky. It's her birthday today. She's 87 years old. If you're listening on the release date of this podcast, which is Wednesday, my grandma, Inky's birthday is today. Happy birthday, grandma. Um, 87 years old. All the women in my family, my grandma included, are very whimsical, magical, special women. And, uh, you know, my mom's one of them. She's been on this podcast. If you've not heard my episode with her, run, don't walk. I think I've said it all. And uh, all that aside, please enjoy my conversation with transpersonal spiritual counselor and hands-on energy healing therapist, Maxine Dillon. Now entering Nerdist.com. It's all happening. How are you doing? Oh my God. This is for you. Can I hug you when you're pregnant? Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. This is Aristotle. Hey. Maxine. You are there. Okay. There's your water. Thank you. We don't skimp here. You get the free water, baby. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, I can't believe this. I get a present. Of course. This is, of course. God, tell it to all my other guests uh, who, you know, skimped out. Brought me nothing. <laughs> God. <laughs> Should I open this now? Hmm? Should I open this now? Yeah, go for it. Oh, yeah. Have you ever podcasted before? No. Oh, let me walk you through it. Oh, my God. Let me take your podcast virginity. We got my manic energy matched with your serene, calm, <laughs> beautiful energy. Wait. So, you got your headphones on. Mm-hmm. Let's get this. Yeah, this is good. Just talk into the mic. Okay. Pretty simple. Ah, there we go. Thank you. And then you can hear you in your whatever. Mm-hmm. Very good. Stop being so calm over there. I can't handle it. <laughs> um, all right. Wow, I sound different in my ears today. I don't know why. I love it. Um, what did you bring? Notes. You brought notes? Yes. You were the best podcast guest I've ever had. I want to make sure I say everything I want to say. You know what's funny? I actually almost texted you, but I thought, I thought, oh, she'll be fine. Whatever's meant to happen will happen. I was going to text you, make sure you have, like... If, if there's anything you want to make sure that you mention, mention, yeah. and get out into the ether, you know, get that together. Yeah, that, so I'm so glad. You, oh, you did because you take it seriously because it's like a platform to put out nice things out into the world. Yeah, I really appreciate this opportunity. Oh my to god, talk about my work. I love it. No, this is so important. You no, know, I'm just happy you came. Let me open this gift and we'll get to all the other magic. Dear Alexi, thank you for inviting me on your show. I really appreciate it. We, we covered that. Check. Okay. <laughs> oh god. Oh, man, I don't want to mess up the nice wrapping job. And I was texting all of our mutual friends, like, what should I ask? And then they, like, gave me these great question suggestions. Oh, and I was awesome. Like, and I was like, thank God I asked them. Um, did you wrap this? Mm-hmm. So nice. Ah, oh, fuck it. Here we go. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. The New Age series crystals... Are you into crystals at I'm all? so into crystals. Oh, this is so sweet. Those are just some fun dried flowers. Just dried flowers? Yeah. Oh, my God. Could you bet this is an auditory thing? You guys can't see. I'll post pictures. Oh, my God. This explains what all the crystals do? Mm-hmm. This is so great because I have, I have so many crystals and I have a confusion as to, like, I have, like, tourmaline and whatever. And I'm like, what does this do? It, rose quartz have a lot of that. Thank you. You're welcome. This is amazing. Yeah, it's a really easy, easy to read Dictionary guide. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, I'll put this out. We'll check this out later. I'll put this, uh, this will be on my, uh, on my coffee table. Make me look really cool. And it's informative. Okay. Tell me everything. This is great. (laughs) Oh, well, all right. So let me know if, let me tell me if this is the right way to describe you. 
You're a spiritual counselor and energy healing therapist. Is yes. That right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's called transpersonal spiritual counseling. And the hands-on modality that I'm certified in is called the body-mind balance. So it's both. Yeah. The sessions are half counseling and then half what I call table work. So my client will lay on a massage table, fully clothed. I place my hands on their chakras. I work in the energy body. I help move blocks through the body. How did you know you could do this? Because I know uh, somebody said you were in wardrobe before, right? You did wardrobe? I was a clothing designer. You're a clothing designer? Oh, my God. So how long ago was that? Only a year and a half ago. It was? Yeah. So this is a, a pretty new transition for me. So how long have you been doing that for? 16 years. 16 years? Yeah. And what was that like? You lived in LA? Yeah. So I moved out here when I was 19. Yeah. Went to school for fashion. Where'd you go? FIDM, downtown. And yeah, had many different types of jobs and it was a roller coaster. I had my own line for you, a while. What was that called? Maxine Dillon. Yeah, no, you're such a strong name. Thank you. I would, I would use your name if that was my name. And I was thinking about it this morning. I had a really interesting Saturn Returns. Are you familiar with that? Well, I think I, I am. But tell the listeners so they know. So Saturn is the planet of life lessons. And when you turn 28, it's made a full rotation around the sun back to the place it was when you were born. Oh, that's so funny. I thought it was when you were 27. 27. Is 27? Yeah. It's... I find that it's really from, like, 27 to 30. Yeah. So, for me, I I think the big year was 28. And I had my entire sample collection for my (laughs) spring 2010 collection in the trunk of my car. And someone stole my car. Oh, my God. And then they found my car a week later. In a, it got towed. So I had to go to the tow yard. I remember like the first thing I did was I like, flew the trunk open and everything was gone. It was gone? Yeah. What are they going to do with that? I don't know. What the hell are they like, wearing it? Or You know what was weird was one of my friends found one of the pieces in a thrift store. Really? Yeah. Not even at, wa- oh, at Wasteland? Like a place where they sell stuff where they could have like sold it and made money off of I, it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. All right. Maybe they're junkies and they needed money. At least they <laughs> didn't just donate it to the Goodwill all willy-nilly. But okay, sorry. Go on. I mean, so, we got so many asides here. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, so, okay. So your car is stolen. Your collection stolen. Yep. So I remember being in the tow yard, like crying my eyes out. And the guy was like... What happened? The guy was working at the tow yard. And I said, oh, they stole everything. And he's like, at least you still have your health. It's true. And I had a moment. I was like, okay, I'm starting over. And I spent like a year and a half unemployed. And then I found this uh, really great job, like a couple different jobs designing clothing. Did that for five more years. And while I was designing, I started seeing an energy healer. And what I wanted to focus on was my career, um, getting healthy, feeling balanced, stuff like that. And throughout the years, she would always encourage me to take these classes. It was at a school called the Lionheart Institute. Where's that? 
It's, um, it's in Studio City. It's now called the Healers Forum. And I would put it off and put it off. And then I think around the fourth year of seeing her, I was like, okay, I'll check it, I'll check it out. Did she just think that you had an innate ability to, yeah, yeah. to work with energy? And I did go through an awakening process while working with her. So I'd say, I think it was in like 2012, I started to, my psychic abilities started to blossom. I felt more intuitive. I started seeing things I couldn't explain. Like what? Um, lots of flashes of light. That's actually why I named my practice Blue Star Guidance. Oh, wow. Because I would see these little blue flashes of light around people's heads. And I realized that it was my, my own spirit guide speaking to me. Was it always with people that you saw light? Or was it ever just like you're alone at your house and then and you see something and then it was gone? Yeah, sometimes alone as well. What were, I, the, what were those? I, I find that it was usually connected to like, if I'm having some sort of thought process and I'm confused about it, I'll see the blue flash and I'll know, okay, I'm going in the right direction or follow this thought or, um, yeah, it's guidance. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. But I'm just wondering, uh, what does it mean when, let's say you're, I don't know, this, this has been happening to me a lot lately, where I've been in my apartment and then I've seen like a flicker of like a light or, or it's like, or just like something scattering, like skittering by or just something. And then I'll look or I'll just feel the, like something is there and then I'll look over and then it's gone. But mm -hmm. it's like, you know, and I'm completely sober and I'm, it catches my attention and I'm like, but then I don't want to really think about it too much. I'm just like, yeah, keep, move, keep moving forward. Just, uh, I don't know what that was. I think it's probably means I'm special, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm just like, so I was wondering if that's something you, you experienced and yeah. when, what that means exactly. If it's not like a, a, a flicker of blue light near someone. So if it's just on, on its own, what, yeah. that, what is that? So you, you usually see it on your periphery, right? In my periphery. Yeah. Or I'll I'll be walking past it and then it'll I'll realize that I just there's like some kind of motion and a energetic thing like uh, oh god this must sound crazy but uh, no but uh, yeah so that's what it is I don't know so it's interesting our eyes have cones around the edges of them and that's why we we can pick up high vibrational light in our periphery, but when we look straight at it, it disappears. It has to do with also um, like Cro-Magnum Cro Man survival mechanisms. So like when you're looking straight at something, yeah, you want it to be sharp and clear, right? You're going for it. Yeah. But on the sides, you don't need that, that same amount of focus. So you pick up on high vibrational light, spirits, different subtle energies. Yeah. So if, if we took a moment and you brought yourself back to that memory, like the last time you saw. Sometimes it's gold. Other gold. times it's black. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what this is, but uh, I just think it must be my angel just hanging out. Live I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to survive through this. Like 
but yeah, what were we going to say? Well, what does your intuition tell you? Like, what do you sense from those different kinds of energies, gold versus black? Well, black seems dark and, uh, and not great, but in my, in the moment of like having that experience, I just think, I don't get scared. I think, well, I think I probably get scared for a minute or just not even scared, but like, like, uh, ugh, just like that, more of that kind of vibe, but also makes me think I'm special. Things are hanging out with me. That, that's what I think. And I think like, uh, I'm, you're never alone. I just try to make it an upbeat, fun, magical, mystical thing and not dangerous or scary because I don't even want to go there. But then, yeah, because I already assume I have like angels hanging out with me and, so I, I don't know. I don't Absolutely. know. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you feel in your body about it? Um, if you didn't, I only have dumb. I only have funny sound effects that go with it, which is like living my life, living my living my life. <laughs> wow, I'm never gonna release this podcast. <laughs> no, but it's like it's like living my life, living my life, living my life. What? And then. <laughs> That's pretty much the extent of uh, what's happening in my brain. Oh. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. That's the vibe, but it's not like, yeah, I don't know. That's it. And other times I would walk in. I'm really going to throw it right back to you, I promise. But but you know, you're the only person I can talk about this with. But uh, And it's my podcast. God damn it. It's our podcast today. But there are other times where I would walk into my apartment. I don't know if it was something wrong with the building or if it was like a, you know, I want to make a logical scientific reasoning for it but I would walk in and I'd feel like and it was like kind of dusty like the air was dusty or there's like a misty fog kind of thing and I was like what am I walking into like go skate your act together like you know disperse before I come in here what is this because I didn't understand what else it could be but then I thought well surely it's not that but I would just remember walking in just wondering why it was like you know white white air mm -hmm. or well you're seeing the energy of the space I am mm -hmm. Oh, God. Do you find that you're very sensitive to different environments? Oh, and people and environments. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sensitive. Yeah. So like, it sounds like there's empathic ability, but also clairvoyant. Like you're, you can see and feel. Okay. What does this mean, though? Well, other times, sometimes I'll see like little like wavy. And then again, I'm like, is mm -hmm. it is it hot? I'm like, <laughs> This is me trying to rationalize yeah. it and be like, it's uh, electricity and blah, blah, whatever. But yeah, I'll just see like, um, like sometimes in my, when I have a mood, I'll be like, I'll be like, just show yourselves angels or go or whoever. I'd, I, I, wow. This is so vulnerable for me. But, uh, and listeners are probably like, let her talk. But uh, I'm not done talking about my experience, <laughs> but uh, let Maxine talk. Um, yeah. Where it's like I, when I'd walk in with like the white, dust in the air or whatever it was like foggy thing there's that and then other times where it, was, it would just be like wavy wavy lines or wavy some kind of or like little dots or something where I just think I don't know maybe I'm anyway and then there are times when I've seen those things and been like show yourselves ghosts or angels or whoever like I can handle it I won't I can totally handle it and then that they don't show themselves or maybe they do and I'm not picking it up but then I'm like glad they didn't because I, I don't know if I could handle mm. that it's scary <laughs> So that's the extent of what's been going on with me lately, but Yeah, so it could it could be spirits and it could also be just the the energy that the space holds. So depending oh. on who was there last, 
what kind of um, interactions happened in the room? Oh, boy, yeah. Well, throwing it back to you and before we got off track, even though it's all connected. I feel like we're on track. We are totally on track. Um, but so you were getting, how did you even know to like get energy work done uh, at all? And then what was it with you where she knew like, oh, you should start training in this field because you would be good at this? What led me to her was I was suffering from chronic anxiety and also some chronic pain. And that was due to working in fashion for, you know, many years. It's a very, it was very high stress, deadline driven industry. And I think I was in a constant state of stress, but I normalized it. And I had to consistently ignore how I felt at work. And that created pain in my body. So I started seeing all these different kinds of practitioners. I went to a chiropractor. I did acupuncture, all these different kinds of massage therapy. And changed my diet, started to feel better physically. But certain things weren't going away. Like, I still felt very anxious. And so my acupuncturist said, have you ever seen an energy healer? And it was really funny because that, I think it was like two days before, one of my friends said that she had seen someone and she, she thought it was bullshit. Yeah. So I said, oh, you believe in that? Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> so, and uh, she said, yes, you, you should go. And my first session, I was hooked. Why? What happened? The, the hands-on healing work was profound for me. I really felt blocks move through my body and like a space open up where new energy came in and it was really inspiring and I, I got to relax in a way that I hadn't before. Just from the movement of energy? Yeah. Okay. So what happens is, and this is the... um the training that we learn at the Healers Forum is there is certain types of developmental trauma that happens, you know, as you're a child and even in the womb. And that creates a, a energy block in the body. So when you experience trauma as a child, Really, your only defense mechanism is to disassociate from the experience or suppress. And so you don't feel the emotion when it's happening. And that experience is held in the body. Uh, we call it a frozen time conglomerate. Oh, wow. So you're actually frozen in time in your body, that experience. And so what energy healing does is it brings healing energy into that frozen part and starts to relax and release it. You feel the emotion. You're able to be in a safe space where you can release it. And then you allow new energy to come in. And what it did for me was it changed my relationship to feeling. I was no longer 
afraid of my emotions. I would move towards them because I knew if once they were released, I would feel like such incredible relief and new inspiration would come. How do you know where the block is or how do you know where you're frozen in time in your body? Like how does a person know that? How do you find it in a person or how is it found in you? Yeah, yeah that's a, a big part of the work is um, being present in the moment with your body and moving towards things like anxiety. That's, that's a really good sign that there is something underneath there that needs attention. Um, pain, just physical pain. Also, um, spiraling thought patterns that will lead you into the body. Yeah. So that's a big part of the work is I help guide my clients into their own system so they can start to feel the energy, how it's expressing itself, and then we start a dialogue. We start to learn, okay, when did this When's the first time you remember feeling this way? What if you can't remember? Like, what if you can't, like, there's whole chunks of your life you just can't even go there? How are you, how do you access? I mean, I'm constantly, we, we, you and I did work over the phone. I don't know if you tell people, you tell people you, you did an hour long session with me. Mm-hmm. Um, we had never met before. And, uh, and yeah, and I, you asked me to tune into myself. How did that work? Did, so I say it right, tell the people. I mean, but yeah, you asked me to, to listen to my body. Where was I feeling restricted? Because I did feel like I was like completely constricted. Like I always had like, and it was coming from. The third chakra, this, right? Yeah, which is like to explain it to people. It's just like under, like right above my, above my belly button. Mm-hmm. I don't Yeah, the third chakra. We look it up. Google, Google the third chakra. That's where it's coming from. It was like, yeah, above my stomach, somewhere in between my, whatever. Yeah, and I, I continue to feel like a, a like a grip there and here in my heart, and it vacillates in my heart and right here. Can't breathe, can't take a full breath. <gasps> like just so, you know, and then you talk me through it. I found the spot. I paid attention to it. But then refresh my memory. What do you do? You locate it and then you, and you notice it. And what do you, how do you... So then I ask you, what are the, like, connect with it on an abstract level. You could be feeling a temperature or a texture or a vibration or an emotion. You could be receiving images or sounds. So that's the way that I, I guide the client to connect with the energy. So... It can take any kind of shape, but let's say, for instance, you, you feel a tension. When you move towards the tension, you sense a ball, and then that ball has a texture. It could be rough or smooth, or, and then I, I have you send your energy hand into your body and sense into that ball what's the emotion that it holds. And then once we contact the emotion, I guide the client to allow that emotion to move throughout their whole body. And what you're doing is you're presencing yourself with your own emotional body. You're allowing it to exist. Because our culture, we are 
trained to resist our emotions. Yeah. So when our emotions are just allowed to happen, they usually relax. Oh, wow. It's in the resistance to emotion that creates stress or intensity of emotion. Yeah, it's so interesting. I don't know when, I guess I kind of understand it, but I don't know who decided that we all have to front like everything's great and cool and we're just leaning against a wall and we're so cool. Because like (laughs) I used to do that and then I was just at odds of myself. But then it is also very exhausting sometimes to other people. If, If I were constantly which is my MO most of the time, like really talking about how I'm feeling. <laughs> oh my God, is that, oh! like it's just like a lot. So you got to find that happy medium and do your own internal work and not put it on other, other people. But, but uh, yeah, it is interesting how to just be however you are authentically and, and honestly is frowned upon unless that's completely cool and calm and collected <laughs> or I don't know. But well, God, tell me more stuff. Well, do you have any questions about? Well, oh yeah, I mean, what but I said? well, it went, like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, uh, I don't have questions about you said. I just, like, if you can't, well, I hope. I guess I would just hope. I'd have to be doing in the work, doing it to just see what it leads to. Mm-hmm. Anybody would like, if you want to, if, if they're going to do this, you have to walk through it and discover things yourself. I just feel like sometimes I'm so blocked, I can't remember you know uh, things I'm trying to unlock or they're just so many they're like so, so many patches of my childhood I can't even I can't even remember oh right that's what you were yeah asking. like yeah like if I like what if you can't remember yeah it's certain like, things if you ask a question like oh when do you remember when you first felt this way like I don't know if I could yeah you know well, a lot of times too it's um things that had happened as a baby or in the womb so you don't you don't have memory of it. Yeah. But, which is okay. All that matters is that you, you connect with the sensation or the emotion in relation to it. Yeah. But right now, happening now, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, happening in the present moment. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm always, I would say this jokingly. Oh, God, this is, you're so calm and still. And it makes me, it's like a mirror for me to be like, mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> I'm really trying to be cool, but um, <laughs> I can't. Um, well, I'll make this. I'll make this joke, being like, and I would say it to my father because I, my, a lot of my, what I've had to walk through is like you know, a younger version of me, and not even so long ago, is like a peep. I have this people pleasery thing where I, you know, sexualize things immediately or feel like get confused and be like, well, I like sex. Uh, that's, that's why I'm going to have sex on the first date with this person I don't even know and let him into my body. And, you know, I, I'm just a person who likes sex and I have sex like a man. Like it's a, it's, I know who I am. And, but really it's a deeper, deeper thing. Just like giving myself away or using sex as currency or not having enough self-worth and all these things. So I would always ask my, not always, but I would ask my dad, I'd be like, are you sure you didn't molest me? Did I, did I get, and he'd be like, no, man, I don't know. How can you ask me? Like, and so I was like, I truly don't think I was molested, at least not by my father, but I don't think that I was. But then I'm also like kind of scared sometimes where I'm like, am I suppressed? I'm being really cerebral about it, but I'm just the way my behavior has been throughout my life. It just, I got exposed. Do you mind if I unload all this stuff on you? I'm just no, like, no. <laughs> like, I've just, I've just had this hypersexualized like upbringing with like my mom's sex life and my dad talking about women and 
their sex life together and just just exposed to too much stuff. So that was enough. I, I, and I was definitely like, I, emotional incest is something that like I've read about that I'm like, oh, I was mm, exposed, exposed to like too much. So that's enough. I don't necessarily, but I mean, but I'm also like, God, am I, could I possibly unlock with hypnotherapy or energy work like something I don't, that I'm suppressing or something, but I feel like I have a very a, a much an openness to discovering that. But anyway, I don't know where I'm going with this, but. Well, what I heard was there was a, there's a people-pleasing aspect to yeah. it. Yeah, the sex stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, that's what men, that's a woman's worth to a man. Or that's what a yeah. man, he'll be mad at me. He'll get mad at me. Like a lot of things that come up with me are like, you know, is everybody mad at me? Am I doing it right? Uh, do I have permission, permission, permission? Like this like unconscious, like I don't even know who I'm asking. Like, but this part of me is like, I need permission to do something. Is it okay? Are you mad at me? Blah, blah. Like, you know, yeah. So these are like things that I deal with in my brain that I just feel hyper anxious and mm-hmm. panic stricken and so I, I, it's nice to learn that you can like yeah your body's trying to tell you mm-hmm. what's what's going on but then what how do we make it all great and better and good actually that's that's the best part it's pretty simple all you need to do is feel the feelings just feel the feelings and then yeah. you're released and then they yeah so, but that's not, it, it's simple, but hard at okay. the same time. So yeah, feeling those feelings are really scary. They are? Yeah. 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 All the, let's think of like all the people on the planet and all the things that they've suppressed or repressed in their bodies and, um, and that we all have a collective. Repression? Yeah. What is that? Collective unconsciousness. So, and I'm, I'm sure you can see all of the different ways, especially lately, that that collective unconsciousness is really starting to show itself through politics and yeah. through... S- spell it out. Yeah. yeah. Let's get literal. Um, Tell everybody. Women really taking a claim of their personal power, sharing their stories yeah. in a big way. Uh, the collective shadow is... Is starting to voice itself. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. That's like, so now it's like, it's like uh, that it exists and it's out there. So now when you're on a date with somebody or with a man, it's like, we can't not, we can't pretend that, that, that this dynamic happens. We can't pretend that that dynamic doesn't happen between men and women or, you know, things are expected of women or put in uncomfortable situations that we're, you know, might not be comfortable with, you know having these expectations put on us or whatever anyway but i want to make sure you hit all your notes on your on your thing yeah go through all of them but i they're million I'm, okay so just jumping on this tangential journey that we go on on my podcast um there's what, one thing actually i'd love to to add to that what we were yeah, saying before is please there is a healing of masculine and feminine energy what do you mean so it's all part of the process. We, As women, we need to share our stories to bring awareness to that shadow because there has been a, a deep rejection of 
femininity, but also of masculinity. So divine feminine and divine masculine. And for men, I feel like it's equally hard for them to really know what, what is the best way to be a man? What does being a man mean? There's a, this really incredible documentary that I watched called The Mask You Live In. I love that documentary, yeah. Yeah, that really opened my eyes. Yeah. Because it, it felt like for men, they're not allowed to express emotion. Really, the only emotion that's socially acceptable is anger, which then often turns into violence. And then we wonder why men hurt us. Yeah. Because they have to suppress and suppress and suppress all their emotions. And, and also basic things like compassion and empathy are considered feminine. And weak. To yeah. Them. Yeah. Which is, those are human traits. And it starts really early. And, they, and they, they do it to each other as young boys. Yeah. So funny. I also feel like I always, uh, I feel like I always date emotional, like feminine girl uh, guys. Yeah. Where it's like, where they're musicians and they're uh-huh. like, you know, very in tune. So it's interesting. But um, so I don't feel like I've ever had to deal with that. But, that, but it's still, even with these, but they, you know, I, and I learned a long time ago when I'd have a boyfriend and he'd get really angry or something. I've never experienced physical like uh, abuse from a, from a guy, but like when you get really angry, I was like, I learned a long time ago, like, oh, he wants to cry every time he gets mm-hmm. angry. It's because he wants to, he wants to cry, but he just can't. This is how it manifests. But wait, so yeah, so what is the like? What are we supposed to be? Because so, I was talking about this with somebody else the other day about how like you know you want to be equal. Women want to be treated like human beings and people, and not reduced to whatever some whatever. But mm, there's a difference between being equal and, but we're not the same. Women are different. Women are women. Yeah. Men are men. And that's great. And they they're both can coexist and be powerful, awesome beings and, they, and, you know, balance each other out. And so, well, let's talk about that. Like, what do you, what is the divine masculinity? Like, what is it that they bring? Because I don't want to, I don't, because I feel like sometimes in the, in the conversation, it's like, I don't want it to be like, women hate men and men hate women and now we're scared of each other because a man can't be alone in the room with a woman or ask her out or flirt because he's afraid his, his dick is going to get cut off and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or that he's going to be rejected and it's just, or, you know, everything's take, being taken to this extreme of like separation, whereas it's like, no, no, yes, ask a woman out, just think of her as a human being, be conscious, conscious be a conscious, thoughtful human being, treat her like you would want to be, I mean, you know, like... You would treat your sister, your mother, your daughter. I mean, that's not making sense there, don't (laughs) just just like, but just be thoughtful and conscious, you know. And that's fine. And doesn't I don't know. So it just, but it seems like it's getting so. I don't know. In the Um, simplest form, the way I think of divine masculine energy is that it's forward moving. And focused and outward in its trajectory, where divine feminine is about receiving. So a good example is, you know, when you first meet a guy and he's zeroed in on you and he's focused on you. He wants to know everything about you. Yeah. Right? He's coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. 
And but it feels good. It's not aggressive. It's like you're receiving it. Attention. Yeah. And, yeah. Fully attentive. He asks you lots of questions. Yeah. Um. He wants to make sure that you guys see each other again. Yeah. So that to me is like the first sign of the divine masculine, and then other traits and that I hear my clients say all the time too is protection they love when they feel protected yeah by their partner that doesn't mean i'm not a feminist that i want my my male partner to protect me and yeah yeah keep going this is great what else and the, you're talking about that's masculine stuff and then feminine is is it internal or we take the time to think about stuff or what would you say divine so i think intuition oh yeah is divine feminine when I think about receiving, it's like we're nurturing and caring for our, our partner. We yeah. Make, we make babies. We make babies. We make the baby in our in our belly. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, guys can't do this. This is, uh, we're sacred in our own way. They're sacred in their mm-hmm. way. We make life, you know, no big deal. It's just the biggest deal. <laughs> You're making your baby right now, boy yeah. or girl? It's girl. A, it's a girl. Okay. Yeah. She's a girl. Oh my goodness. How far along are you? Eight months. Eight months. I can't believe it. Yeah. You stopped by the podcast. Oh my god! What if you go into labor right now? <laughs> what are we gonna do? Aristotle's gonna have to deliver the baby. He just shrugged. Oh god. <laughs> oh god. Oh, sometimes I will ask him. I'll, I'll feel bad because I'll realize I put so much, and all my girlfriends, we put so much pressure on men to do everything perfectly and say the right thing and do, or. They're held to this, and I'm not defending, in, it's not in defense of men, but whatever. I am talking about men, and they're not my enemy, but uh, it's just so interesting that, that uh, you know, like I looked at Aristotle to deliver the baby, and then I want to get all mad at him for uh, for not maybe being not not being up for that. And uh, why should he be? He's just a person. <laughs> why am I putting all this, uh, you know, pressure on him and all these expectations on him? Um, so we all have work. We all have work to do. But... Uh, <laughs> Oh, but I was watching, do you ever watch any like old timey movies from like the 40s or, or like I watched His Girl Friday? Have you seen that? No, no. I'd never seen it. Uh, I almost finished it. It got a little bit too hectic for me because the dialogue was all like this. They're just talking so fast, which you'd think I would like, but it was just got too jarring. But it was so interesting. The woman, the lead, the, the female lead was so strong and such a badass and she was like yeah see she works at a newspaper see and she was just like putting a man and you know he he clearly adored her and loved i know it's just a movie but it was interesting to see this representation of a woman in a movie as such a strong powerful career gal you know putting a man in his place and he's being a man she's being a woman she understands he's like a you know he wants to he's attracted to her and he's kind of exhausting but in a not in a diabolical way and she gets it because she's intuitive and she mm-hmm. understands men but she's has self-worth it was just so cool so i just feel like in a weird way i'm like oh my god how is it that we're in 2018 and god knows what was happening behind the scenes and back in the 40s when this movie was being made and yes that lady's a movie star and it's a movie but but uh it's interesting we're having these conversations about sexism and it's almost like we've devolved i know we're we're lift the veil has been lifted between men and women and what's and all this horrible shit the veil's been lifted so all the rubble and the darkness is coming up that's been there and stifled and masked and and 
attended to and oh yeah what was the word you used before where it's like um i don't know when you put, not put a band-aid over something but stif- not stifle but whatever suppress suppress like all these things have been suppressed and but it's just interesting to be talking about all this crazy shit that's going on in sexism and misogyny sexism and misogyny and then but it's 2018 so I guess that's because the veil has been, been, been lifted, but then to see this movie from the 40s was so shocking to mm. be like, are we regressed? Right. Are we regressing or is it just because the veil has been lifted? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I am rambling a lot. I don't know if any of this is like, I'm just... No, it makes perfect sense. I, I think um, perhaps in the 30s and 40s, even though we didn't have the same amount of opportunity... There was, there could be a, like a stronger connection to our own femininity as women or our own masculinity as men. And then post women's lib, which needed to happen, but it was almost like a claiming for women, a claiming of masculinity in our systems and that getting really like. Confusing um, or strong. Used like a, like a, as a muscle. So. I'm thinking of my own experience um, at work. I really approached my career in a masculine way. I didn't honor my femininity in, in my creative process at all. It was all about production, all about doing, getting things done, um, being, being the best, like being at the top. Yeah. Um, and like I was saying, the masculine, divine masculine energy is forward moving, where divine feminine is more like there's less of a linear process. And a lot of our industries are set up in a very masculine way, a very linear way. Yeah. Right? With um, profits as the important part, and the, it's all about the bottom line. You've got a goal. Yeah. Where I think of feminine energy as like a butterfly, where it's this kind of like fluttering back and forth. Yeah. And it lands on a flower. and Yeah. You know. Totally. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's so interesting. Yeah. I feel completely masculine in the way I approach, if that's the definition or. or I think that's like, how we're taught. Yeah. It's like produce, 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 yeah. like prove, prove, prove. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So we're really reclaiming that feminine energy because it's important to the balance within ourselves and then within our relationships and then for the planet. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, one of the girls who is one of your clients, I won't out her, but uh, oh, she was telling me, she said, ask you about fairy energy. Oh. What's fairy energy? So, that was one of the things, too, during my awakening process was I was seeing a lot of gold flashes of light along with the blue. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was really into fairies in high school. Oh, I think I was, too. Yeah. I would read a lot of books about them, and like draw them and stuff. And then I kind of forgot about it. Uh, and Forgotten fairies. Yeah. <laughs> what a bummer. Sorry, fairies. <laughs> We're out here. And... So when I started seeing the gold flashes of light, that was the first thing that popped in my mind. I was like, oh, it looks like a fairy. Oh, yeah, like Tinkerbell. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went out to my car 
a couple of days later, and I looked, there was a car parked behind me. I looked underneath that car, and there was like a floor mat with Tinkerbell on it. Wait, what? How did you end up looking underneath the car? You know, when you, you know something just grabs your attention, and you don't know why? You just had a ping to do it. Yeah. Wow. And so I, I was like, oh, there's a little synchronicity there. Oh, my goodness. So... I just started telling myself, yeah, I, I see fairies. I see fairies. <laughs> Wait, so what is that black light? If I see, and if I see like a black, a bit of like uh, energy, like a mass of some kind of blackness, like darkness, what is that? Is that dangerous? Um, I never fully. It doesn't necessarily mean it's dangerous. Just fucking tell me, Maxine. When I <laughs> <laughs> just give me the scoop. <laughs> and what's important is what what your intuition tells you it is. Oh, I can't really tell you. It's true. What it is. But when I see, let's say, sometimes I'll see black um, dots in people's energy field. Oh, my God. Is that what you're talking about? Me right now? Is that no. what you're saying? Just <laughs> spit it out. <laughs> Tell me what you know. It's usually connected to sadness. Oh, really? Oh, my God. And you're like, if it's for a movie and you're seeing me right now and it was like from your POV, it's just like me with like black dots all over my face. My whole head is just one black dot. But seriously, is it? No. no. Um, I'm sorry. I'm getting off track. But um, that's true. What if it is like the black black uh, mass of whatever of light and then a, it is a murder or a dark thing, but because I don't see it that way and I'm like, hey, guys. <laughs> It's like, oh, foiled again. He's like trying to strangle me, but I just, I'm just like, ah, love you guys, later. (laughs) Anyway, um, but, oh, when you you work with so much energy, and I do these girls' night in gatherings, and I'll have people, Mm. like, in in my space, and and I know that I feel so completely drained afterwards, Mm -hmm. and I have to burn sage and palo santo and just various sprays and just, like, decompress how do you deal with other people's energy and grounding? Okay. What's, how do you do that? So I connect with the energy of the earth and I channel that through my body. How? I mean, give us a how to. Like, yeah. What do you think if uh, I led you through a grounding meditation? I would love that. And then your listeners could Let's do, it. do it along. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I wanted to do that. Cool. That's great. Okay. All right. So. You better do it to Aristotle. I'll kill you. Look <laughs> at my black mass, mass of whatever. Okay, anyway. I don't know where that's going. Let's do this. And for any listeners, if you're driving, that's not the right time. Don't do it. <laughs> Make sure you're settled in in a chair. <laughs> not the driver's seat. Okay. Make sure your feet are flat on the ground. And close your eyes. And begin to focus on your breathing. And breathe rhythmically. The same amount of time in as out. Now begin to bring all of your awareness to the soles of your feet. And feel your feet flat on the ground. Now imagine that you have energy feet and visualize your energy feet falling into the earth. See them falling down through each layer 
all the way down to the core and plant your energy feet into the core of the earth. Now feel your energy feet begin to warm up as the energy from the core of the earth begins to rise up your energy feet through the earth. You begin to feel your physical feet start to tingle as the energy from the earth enters through the soles of your feet. Filling your toes, your arches, and your heels. Rising into your ankles, your shin bones, and your calves. Feel this energy relaxing your kneecaps and filling your thighs. Allow this energy to enter your hips and collect at the base of your spine. Allow this energy to rise up each vertebrae of your spine as it continues to rise into your pelvic bowl, your stomach, filling your rib cage, rising into your sternum, and entering your heart center. Feel your chest expand outward as the energy from the earth enters your heart Feel this direct flow from the core of the earth into your heart and allow it to rush into your shoulders and down your arms, elbows, wrists, and hands. Feel that energy pouring out of your hands back into your body as it continues to rise into your throat relaxing the walls of your throat and charging your thyroid. Feel the energy from the earth enter your face, relaxing your chin, your tongue, your cheekbones, the backs of your eyes. Feel it pouring out of your nostrils and ears as it rises into your brow, charging your third eye and relaxing your forehead. And finally, feel the warmth of earth energy enter your skull, relaxing both sides of your brain. Feel the crown of your head start to open as the energy from the earth shoots out into the sky and connects with the sun. Feel the warmth of the sun shining down upon you. You are now fully connected 
to Mother Earth and Father Sky. Allow their love to enter every cell of your body. From your heart to the heart of the Earth, allow this feeling to double and take in as much as you can stand. And as your system fills with the light of their love, feel it radiating outward into your space. Clearing, cleansing, and charging your space. Feel that direct flow from the heart of the earth to your heart and out into your environment. Now bring your attention back to the soles of your feet. Feel yourself sitting in the chair And say your name to yourself three times in your head. Whenever you're ready, you can come back. Open your eyes. <clears throat> oh my goodness. How do you feel? I feel really good. Good. I always have that tendency to be like am I doing it right mm -hmm. am I doing it right and then just to go right back into it and just go just keep doing it yeah yeah it's not in the doing it's it's in the allowing yeah in the being so that can help clear anything in your room yeah it helps charge your own body so you're self-charging and self-clearing and you're also clearing your space. Yeah. So when you have a big group of people, what I do is I do it before they come and then after they come. And then also another technique I use is I use my, my hands. So if you have your hands down by your side mm -hmm. and then you're, you're standing up, you pull, you, see, you can say it out loud, I pull up earth energy. I pull up earth energy. And then flip your palms up. I pull down heaven energy. I pull down heaven en energy. And I cleanse my auric field. And I cleanse my auric field. Bringing, bringing your hands down. And then I say, you can say whoever's name. Like, let's say you picked up on some, some stuff from someone else. You say their name. So-and-so. So-and-so. I release you with love. I take back what is mine, and I give you what is yours. So you're using your intention to stay in your own energy field and give back to them what they need to process and take back what is yours. It's so interesting because before the, the past few days, even when we talked on the phone, I have this constrictive feeling in my fifth, fifth chakra and lately in my heart chakra, where I'm like <gasps> gasping for breath. 
And then we just did that exercise, and I feel completely lighter. Good. I'm like, I can feel the... Like, it's just... It's amazing. It's, like, so interesting to me. Yeah. It makes such a difference, because that tension is blocking life force energy. Blocking life force energy. So your your system is in, like, a protective mode. Yeah. And it's not allowing your life force energy to flow freely. So when we invite the energy from the earth into our system, it relaxes that tension and then allows your own natural flow in your system. And why do I get that protect, protective energy? I mean, I'm, I'm asking on behalf of anybody listening, is it just the daily life stress and the pressure we put upon ourselves or whatever that you can just get that <gasps> restricted? Is that why? And it's just, I mean, why does that happen? I mean, well, it's it's usually connected to a deeper developmental trauma. It's always deeper. Oh, because that's why you react the way you do with fight or flight, because you're just, you're so used to it. You just go there. Yeah. So there is a, um, an energetic pattern that starts. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't want to just make it all about me, but what else? I don't know. How to, maybe this will help other people listening. It will. Um, yeah, I, well, I'm doing, I told you, I'm doing all this like Lacey Phillips work. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and having this conversation of like doing hypnotherapy work to see what happened developmentally to me between the ages of zero and 14. Having that conversation with my friends led me to you. And it's just been this ripple effect. And this is all only wonderful healing uh, these are all healing tools, you know, this is incredible. And so, um, what I've learned is, yeah, my, I was, I'm discovering only now that I was like born into this, to these two parents, these narcissist parents, well-meaning, doing the best they can, but who, there's no room for me. Mm-hmm. There is no room for me. It was chaotic. It was a lot of like, you know, and the, and I did have to dissociate and shut down and, and like, so much shit was going on that I was just like, oh my God. And, you know, my dad got mad so easily. I was always walking on eggshells and hearing horrible things said about women and, you know, just having to hide during huge, crazy fights, getting hit as a kid, all these things where it's like a lot of, lot of memories are like me hiding in a closet or mm-hmm. in, a, in a classroom where I'm like in the corner, just like glazed over, dissociate. Like, so I do, I am so used to that, like, Somebody's going to leave me. They're going to abandon me. Everything's going to go wrong. Oh, my God. It's the world against me. Ah, I have no boundary because nobody had any boundaries. boundaries. You yeah. know, like I didn't even have my own room until mm-hmm. I was like 16. I mean, I don't even know. I just didn't have my own room. Nobody checked to see if I applied to colleges. Everybody's just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. This is so ridiculous. So and I'm an only child. So I've lived with one person. But I remember like having people in my space or dating a guy or anybody I just know that I'm like, get out of my closet. Leave myself alone. This is my, like, I need my space. Like, yeah. And, you know, so, yeah, I definitely, that, that does make sense to be very familiar with the feeling. And that's instinctively where I go when anything goes wrong. Like mm-hmm. somebody looks at me a weird way or I have uh, at Starbucks or something. And then I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, this is the only way I know to react to like, ah. <laughs> but yeah. So, <sighs> well, tell everybody else what they need to know. I don't want to make, I, you know, this is like a, I've never talked to someone who is a healer like you, so I don't. I might not even know all the. I don't want to just dump my sob story on you and tell you all this stuff. Where you're like, okay, okay. Well, I <laughs> think what sure. you just said is is 
an important topic to talk about because a lot of kids experience that. Yeah. Uh, being in constant chaos, having to disassociate from their experiences, hiding. And I find that when that has happened a lot in childhood, our where you were pointing in your stomach, in your third chakra. That's my third chakra. Yeah. I keep calling it my fifth chakra. Whoopsies. It tightens because it's not, what it does is it, it doesn't allow energy to enter the lower half of your body. Because when we allow that to happen, we become more embodied, more alive, more present in our space. Okay. So it's effectively... Uh, Blocking the energy from grounding, right? Oh. You're staying up in the upper chakras, and then your energy is leaving your body. And it's really, really hard to enforce boundaries when your energy is not in your body. Oh, okay. I want to make sure I definitely understand this. Because there are no boundaries, because I had to, def to protect myself, it would go to my... Third chakra, I would... Your third chakra tightens. I would tighten everything yeah. up to protect myself. It, it blocks the energy in your body from moving into the lower half. But why is that a protective thing to keep so energy you can keep, So you can stay disassociated from it. It's a coping oh. mechanism. Oh, that's why I've had sex with so many people glazed over. <laughs> glazed over. Just like hovering over myself. Yeah. Yeah, you can All see yourself, right? Oh, that's like... Majority of my like my upbringing, yeah, over, hovering over myself, hanging out with my father, glazed over above, lots of my sexual experiences, just like, yeah, watching. So that's so you're in your head. Yeah, you're you're above, out of your body. You're out of your body. Okay, and it's so you don't have to feel. Well, I don't want that anymore. I don't yeah. want darkness. I don't want to be around mean, sarcastic people who remind me of shadow, like dark stuff that seems familiar to me from my childhood. I don't want to, I want to feel feelings. I want healthy light. Like I yeah. want all the good stuff. Cause there's a big part of me that's like, um, I was telling my therapist this yesterday, like a belief of mine that I didn't realize was that like, I just assume like there's always darkness and, and like something sinister lurking. And like, and like when I would, I would meet men where they're like sarcastic and sinister and dark because that's the way I believe all, all men must hate women. And I get that. And I'm, I, I know I've learned this from my father. I, I understand how, you know, and so I want them to know like, oh, I get it. I'm with you. Like I understand. Right. You know, or that I expect a dark, sinister thing from people because at, because at the core that's truly who people are, mm. like dark sin. And I don't want that anymore. I, that That's not because I'm trying to, I see people who are light, like you, you, Aristotle's another expander, an example of like, and I'm just trying to wake up to like, oh no, what about so-and-so over there who's a wonderful husband, loves his wife, is trustworthy and people are good. It doesn't have to be sinister or chaotic. You don't have to protect yourself because and expect the worst at all times mm -hmm. people are cheaters or liars or hateful or misogynist at least i don't i don't want that anymore so how do we okay you gotta let's loosen up that third chakra get get me at, and anybody in your body yeah is and it's you can do that through grounding what we just did yep and more tell me more um probably what i would suggest first is Starting to observe your thoughts, 
Oh, no. <laughs> I do. And it's horrible. <laughs> it's a lot. I'm having conversations all the time doing cognitive behavioral yeah. therapy where it's like, oh, blah, blah, negative, negative. And then it's like, no, it's okay. That's not true. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'll, you know. Yeah. So be aware of your thoughts. And then how does, how does one even become aware of their thoughts if they're not even at that level? Yeah, that can't help How you. do you become aware of your thoughts? How do you bring awareness to your life? It's a really good question. Maybe people can only wake up when they're ready, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have to think about that. Uh, the The big correlation in what what we need to observe is how do my thoughts affect the way that I feel? Yeah, yeah. Right? So if I think this way, oh, I feel crappy. And if I think, if I think this way, I feel better. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And you just start to make those connections. Like, I can choose the way that I think. And then when I think positively, I start to feel better. Yeah. So I kind of consider that phase one. Then what sometimes happens is we use positive thinking as a way to ignore the way we feel. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever... Oh, yeah, where you're like, thank you. Everything is great. Yeah. And you're like, what? You're... I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm so... yeah, totally. Or it's this kind of, but it's, all, it's delusional as opposed to yeah. like doing the tools to go like, well, let's go into myself to exactly. really get in there. Yeah. So that's when I know, okay, now they're ready to get into their bodies. So we move towards the feelings that want your attention. Yeah. Do you meditate? I try to. You try to, <laughs> Maxine. Well, it seems like you're, we just did a grounding meditation. Yeah, so I do. I do grounding meditations. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. My morning ritual is usually I'll do like 30 minutes of yoga and a grounding meditation. Yeah. You do yoga just by yourself? Yeah, in my house. Oh, wow. Um, oh, God, what else is there to tell? we got to save these people's lives, Maxine, and we got to do it now. <laughs> God. Um, wait, what colors do you see on me right now? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I can't really call microphone? it at will. You can't? No. It's, it's more like... Do it now! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just playing the part of an annoying person for this moment. Um, okay. Well, I do want to ask you, so how long have you been in a relationship for? Because I feel like you probably make good decisions as far as like love is concerned. And I met your... Your husband or your partner? Husband. Um, oh, and by the way, just to the listeners out there, I had heard about Maxine from who? Like, uh, oh, no, SV. A previous guest on the Love Alexi podcast had mentioned Maxine. And uh, and then I got your number from, from Sarah Violet Bliss. We had our hour-long session over the phone and... At first, I was like, oh, in my head, I'm like, oh, God, I hope I'm doing it right. Oh, goodness. I don't want to act like an imposter of who I'm supposed to be acting like, talking to an energy heal. And I was like, relax. Sat down, followed your lead. You told me what to, you know, to get into my body. All of a sudden, I'm like, you know, I'm weeping. I'm telling you the colors. You know, I access the stuff, and I'm crying, talking about my podcast, wondering what it all means, and life fulfillment, and which direction I should go in, and just being very personal with you. I'd never met you. And then I met, I met you at... Bridie's UTA movie screening and it was so funny because it was like I felt so exposed there was such mm. a funny thing because I was like oh my god because Bridie another 
love Alexi alumni podcast guest. She was like, Alexi, you have to meet Maxine. Maxine is here tonight. You have to meet her. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. And then I realized, oh my God, the only other time I met you is just over the phone as a stranger crying, which, you know, is no big deal, really. I'm pretty out there and, and like open and vulnerable and stuff. But it, it was so bright. It was so cold out and bright <laughs> at that at that screening. Yeah. And just felt very like... Um, I don't know. Uh, aluminum kind of vibes. surreal, right? Yeah. Just like the environment was kind of like, was just a, a kind of cold. It was, a. am so, I love the movie. I love Bridie. I love most of the people who were there. Like, but uh, just to be like, I'm freezing. We're going to the 6 p.m. screening or whatever the hell is going on here. Um, oh, and there's that healer. That and there's I, the healer I wept I over. The t- everything too. Yes, there she is. <laughs> she knows everything. And then I, I was like convinced. I went. I just decided you were completely psychic, could read my mind, could read my thoughts. And I was like, oh, hope I'm coming off cool. <laughs> I'm already anxiety ridden because we're at this like agency because that just doesn't make me feel like grounded and cozy or whatever. So I was like, oh, I got to get out of here. But uh, so that was just so funny. Um, I forgot what my point was now, but. That's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everybody there had had that experience with you kind of, right? No. But they already knew no. you. Oh, just me? No. Good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I met your, is he her husband? Your husband. Par- your yeah. husband. So how long have you guys been together? And 11 years. 11 years. And you guys are so beautiful together, just aesthetically. Oh, thank you. You just, you know, the vibe, you guys look like these, like, this beautiful couple. So how did that all come to be? Because I feel like you would make good decisions and, and also offer my listeners, like, good dating love advice or something or making better choices mm-hmm. than they might be making so you want to know our like how we met how or? you met how he wooed you how you knew he was right for you what mm-hmm. you what you were looking for just past experiences i don't know he was a musician and i met him at one of his shows and i remember sitting i was sitting on a bar stool and he came and sat down next to me and he's shy and he was kind of looking over at me, and I'm looking at him. And we're doing this like eye contact thing, and I was like, "Oh, he's cute." And then my friend came, and she sat right in between us. Oh my God, Jesus! <laughs> it was a friend of mine who was visiting from out of town, and at the time he had a handlebar mustache. Oh my God! <laughs> and she looked at him, and she was like, "Oh no! Like, what's that handlebar mustache like?" She thought he was kind of scary looking. And oh I was like, no, I think he's really cute. Like, I want to stay. And we, she made me leave. Oh, my God. She was like, oh, I've, had, I've had enough for the night. Let's go. So I, uh, I heard when his band was playing again. And I went. And it was like three months later. Wait, did he tell you the name of his band? Yeah. He just kept tabs on when they'd be playing? So Yeah, he's... He that was a cute moment. He said, are, uh, are you sticking around for the moon upstairs? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Are they worth sticking around for? And he said, yeah, they're good. You, sh- you should stay. And then he got up on stage and he was tuning his bass. And I was like, oh, he's in the band. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. He's trying to be cool and humble. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, so I remembered the name. And then that was in the days of MySpace. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so they had a MySpace page. Yeah. And I went back and I saw saw them play and uh, we connected afterwards. He remembered me. 
Oh, yeah. And we've been together ever since. Oh, my goodness. What Did he treat you a certain way that, like, what was it about him? Like, because oh, did, did you, have you always had healthy, nice relationships with people? Or was there, like, a quality to him where you're like, I know this is. Just he's very sweet and very calm. And I was not always so calm. You weren't? No. Okay. Because I was. I was in a high-stress career, and I was very attached to my career. and As your identity? Yeah. And so, yeah, I could be pretty spazzy. And he really grounded me. And, uh, and I think that's one of the things, too, about... I don't want to say that women are ungrounded and men are grounded, but I think within a relationship... Uh, Masculine energy can really bring a groundedness. Yeah. I miss that because I, I do this coping thing sometimes where I'll go, yeah, like what's so great about love anyway? Like relationships, who needs them? But then when I like remember to when I was in love and I was in a solid relationship because somebody the other day had reminded me, they went, oh, but you know, love and relationships can be healing. They're healing. Yes. I was like, are they? And then I, you know, shot back to... Years ago, when I, yeah, it, it was such a nice feeling where you, you come home to someone and you like reflect on stuff. You can, they're your sounding board and vice versa. You know, if you're in yeah, a house, you have a home base, you have a home base, somebody yeah. knows you through and then you reflect on things. I mean, if it's a healthy, non chaotic, cozy thing and you're with somebody who gets you and accepts you and vice versa. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to remember that. I like remembering that. Mm hmm. Mm, yeah. Yeah, support is so important. So many of us tell ourselves we have to do things on our own. And it yeah, I guess you've, you, we, I tell myself that because I'm like, and I am completely capable by myself, but it's like if you, but yeah, it's, but it's like a coping tool because well, you don't have anybody right now. So, or I don't have anyone right now. So what is the alternative? Like be like, oh, I feel bad and be at odds with myself while I don't have a partner. No enjoy that and then recognize that there's so many benefits and enjoy when you have a partner mm -hmm. also so so how psychic are you do you know what's gonna happen to me in my life my love life when am <laughs> i gonna meet him <laughs> what do you want in a man oh god this is like my episode with sarah violet bliss <laughs> oh my god what if from now on every single episode is just me talking to whoever my guest is being like i want him to be kind <laughs> i just want him to love me <laughs> um funny handsome successful in this in the sense where I respect him and, and he is he loves the work that he does and I respect him and we inspire each other with our work. So funny. We're laughing all the time. We are good we communicate well with each other. He's taller than me. He's a brunette. Uh we've got great sexual chemistry. He's got great morals. I know he's not gonna cheat. He means I don't know, just like I feel safe with him. Mm -hmm. He brings me coffee in the morning sometimes. Not always, but uh you know, I don't know. It's a good solid person who is nothing like my dad. Okay. <laughs> Even though I have love and respect for my dad. Well, what's really exciting about being a creative person is that you have a really wild imagination, right? Yeah. And a lot of times that comes with living in your head, creating fantasies. Yeah. So the more grounding that you can do that brings your it's almost like bringing your fantasy life into your reality 
you're bringing the energy of your imagination into your body through your system and then out into your reality. I, how do I do that? So through healing work, through um, grounding meditations, through time in nature is really huge. Time in nature yeah. could manifest my dream man. Yes. We got to get out of here. <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't sound so frantic. We've got to get out of here. <laughs> Let me ground myself into my voice. Um, why time in nature? Because it, it's the most natural setting. Yeah. Right? It's, uh, it gets you in touch with the electromagnetic force field energies yeah, of the soil. Yeah. And it'll bring your energy down into your system. Yeah. Okay. Keep telling me. So Nature. Check. I'll do it. I'm there. I'll do it. Nature. Yeah. Um, getting to know your feelings, honoring your feelings, honoring the things that you want in a person, not um, compromising is the wrong word, but not, oh, but not like. I've done a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. What else? Um, well, if you keep thinking of anything that great tips for being kind to myself, not just in the hopes of manifesting my dream, man, but you know, now that you've got me all sparked up and excited about love, why not? Like whatever you think, but through doing all this like internal self work and looking at the through line between like of, of every guy I've dated, even though they all look different, they all have, they're all different people, but they're all narcissist outsiders because like, I, I always love outsiders because I'm like, yeah, like it's just us against the world. Like mm -hmm. nobody gets you, but I get you and I'm an outsider. Like I anyway, outsiders, narcissist, emotionally unavailable men just out of a relationship usually or they live in another city or they travel a lot for work and they're always gone. Um, addicts. I'm not even attracted to them mm. at all physically. I'm just so like I just think maybe something about them is neat. And then I compromise, like, my actual attraction for them. I just do the work that I need to do to get to where I need to be to be actually, like... But I'm not really attracted to them. Um, is there... Does there tend to be a, a magnetism that happens, though? A magnetism uh, in them? Yeah, about them? In each... Like, with each other. Like, is there something that pulls you towards them? Oh, trauma bonding. Yeah. I think, like, just definitely, like, our shadow unconscious, like... Yeah, they're all, like... Codependent, mm -hmm. addict, narcissist, outsider, freaky artist. So what what I would suggest is the next time you notice that, like let's say you, you see you're out, you see a guy, and you're like, oh, there's something that draws you towards them. Run, right? yeah. <laughs> notice what is the feeling that is arising in my body, and acknowledge it, and then. Respond to yourself. Don't respond to him. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. But how does this response? Because I'll tell you what that feeling is for a lot of them. Tell me. Tingling, shortness of breath, like nervous, anxiety-ridden, anxiety. like so nervous, giving all my power away, or that's what I believe I'm doing, but, but like it's just, just sweating, anxiety-ridden. So find a, a space where you're, you can be alone. And you sit down, you put your hands on the, those parts of your body. Yeah. 
and you move towards the heart racing, you move towards the anxiety, and you start a dialogue. And you can ask questions like, what do you need from me? How can I help you? What do you need to feel safe? Why are you feeling this way? And then just listen, because your system will tell you exactly what it is that you need to relax into it, feel better. And if you're still attracted to him afterwards, without all of that, you know, it's like static noise that's happening, then, then proceed to connect. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, but then I go, I go, you're so right, static noise. Mm-hmm. It's so staticky, so staticky. And a lot of times the connection will actually give relief to that static. So like you, you feel all that craziness and then when you talk to them, it's like, oh. But that's not the greatest thing to do. Right. Because if I just held, handled it myself, I, may have to- I might have told myself, this is not for you, or mm-hmm. this is not what makes you feel safe. This is not good. Yeah. Instead, I had to have sex immediately with the person, and I'm like, "Woo, quiet that down for a minute." And then, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what offers you the relief, the sex, yeah, and the connection, as opposed to mm-hmm. on my own checking in with myself, right, and going inward. Because what you really want to move towards is calm, a person that creates calm in your body. That's what I want. Yeah. But. We, I think, as a culture, we, we mistake those butterflies and those and that static for like excitement and even love. Oh God, yeah, I think that's like every relationship I've had since I was fourteen. Yeah, so it's it's a it's also it's not necessarily a bad thing because trauma bonding is an opportunity to heal. It's quote-unquote bad when you're not aware of it oh so like it that connection happens and then you're like in the whirlwind of uh young love and it's the beginning and and then all of a sudden oh crap like they're showing me the deepest part of my shadow yeah and i wasn't expecting this at all so if you know going into it okay, this person is going to show me this aspect of myself and that's an opportunity to heal it. Then you guys could work together on that. Tell me how that works because I do get a little, I, I've been trying to understand shadow work and I, and I swim up to it and I barely understand it. So if, twofold, and, and if I date somebody and he, and he behaves well is it different if they're a narcissist or does that mean i'm a narcissist or or if somebody i don't know if they're showing me a thing if they're acting a certain way that means i have it and i don't like what they're showing me that means it's in me i'm sorry i just get confused with the shadow stuff and i don't know if you if you were i'm not sure exactly what the oh like when you say you're in a relationship oh can you hear yourself no did it work okay um well i don't know I, i get confused when you're talking about how like they show you when you're in a relationship and you said it's a healing a possibility mm-hmm. opportunity to heal. How does that work? Like, what does that look like? Like, give me an example between like, let's say it's me and somebody else or if you're in a relationship with some fictitious person and they, I don't know. Sure. I just don't understand. So let's say you meet a new guy 
you feel that pull, that magnetism, that, that attraction that happens. And everything's going really great. It's like the first few months. And then, oh, his ex-girlfriend's calling him all the time. And that's bringing up in you, like, a, f a fear of abandonment. And so instead of responding to it in a way where it's like, I need this, I need you to do this, like, I can't get her out of our life, whatever, whatever it looks like, you respond to yourself, okay. You find in your body where that abandonment lives. And you ask that really inner child piece, what do you need from me and from my partner to feel safe in this? A little version, kid version of you? Yeah. Sometimes it helps to uh, sense into the age. What do you mean? Oh, sense into the age of you? Yeah. A little you? Yeah. Yeah. And then you can ask your partner, would you be willing to provide these things for me so I feel safe, so you can be friends with your ex? So not, so your partner isn't even necessarily a bad guy or a bad person. They're just going to, things are going to happen with them that, that stir up a thing in you, that uh, trauma in you or like... Yes, but I there is no tolerance for abuse. I have zero tolerance for abuse. So if you're experiencing physical or emotional abuse, there is no need to learn from that. There's no need to learn from that. No, just move on. Yeah. But if, but if it's something that you know it's it's not a deal breaker, you want to work it out. This is a way in which you can get clear on what you need to to feel safe in the relationship. And move through the trauma. And hopefully your partner can heal from that too. Yeah. Is it possible that you don't, like, that if you're in the perfect, or if you're with a very healthy person, none of your shadow stuff would come up? Or is your shadow stuff in a relationship, is your past trauma that's unresolved always going to come up no matter what, even if you're with, like, a very healthy, solid partner? I would think so. I think I think healing's like an onion. Yeah. So you... Each layer you peel back and you get a little deeper and a little deeper. Yeah. So interesting. I wonder if that's why, like, I, it was so literal. I chose men who lived in other cities mm. to, like, yeah, it's like, okay, is this, you're going to use this to deal with your abandonment issues, Alexi? Mm. It just seems like, is that so obvious or something or clear or I don't know. I think what a bizarre choice to make over and over again or people who leave all the time that you, you're forced to deal with, like, or, re or live in a state of abandonment all the time because that's comfortable. Yeah, it's what's familiar. Oh, so even the choice of that kind of person. Oh, yeah, and I always choose guys who are just out of relationship and they need time. Oh, have you ever seen a movie called Starting Over? No. Bridie recommended it to me and I just watched it. It's Jill Clayburgh and it's so good. And it's about a relationship and a guy just got out of a marriage and he's newly divorced and he meets Jill Clayburgh and... She's like, oh, I told myself I wouldn't date any men who just got out of a relationship because I know what that's like. They, you know, they say they're ready. They're not ready. And anyway, they have a love affair and it's whatever. But it's a great movie from the 70s. But I chose like 10 guys in a row until finally I woke up to it going, oh, you just got out of a relationship? Oh, God, no. 
because they are emotionally unavailable. But that's another way to set yourself up just to feel comfortable in... Oh, weird. Anyway, I'm just having my own realizations right now. <laughs> but uh, I do want to make sure you hit every single thing on your paper that you think you need to share it with yeah. my audience. But and I, and I want to know about what all the chakras are and where they are. That's such a, <laughs> a basic question. But it's like, you know, chakra 101 over here on Love Alexi podcast because I don't know. And what do they all mean? Can we go through them? Sure. Okay. So the, your first chakra is your root chakra. Oh, it's on the ground? It's um, where your perineum is. Wait a minute. In your privates? Yeah. I can't believe you. How dare you talk to me like that? Wait, is it perineum or perineum? That's the part of the, of the male. I thought it was perineum. Is it Aristotle? He knows. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the like, base of your spine. It's the base of your spine. But isn't it between like the vagina and the bum hole? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just go jump out a window now. <laughs> Sheer embarrassment. Oh, Listen, cover your ears. Just have to say this, but there are moments in my and I'm sure if I ever have sex again, when I have sex again, in the past I've had sex with men and like I had read like you're supposed to touch that part of the body. It's a pressure point or something. So I just remember being so uncomfortable, but like determined to try this out, and just being like, and the, like I and like me like pressing it like a like a dork like with my my index finger, and then the guy being like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> like, I was just thinking, like, if you pressed it, like, the button of an elevator or something, like, that would like work. I'm stimulating your Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, now I even know it's a chakra. I just thought it was, like, I don't know. It's a mirogenous zone. Okay. Back to what you were saying. So your first chakra is your root chakra in between that area that we just discussed at length, ad nauseum. Um, what is that all about? Your survival. The way in which you feel about being alive on the planet. And then... Also corresponding to the first level of your auric field, the amount of pain that your body is in is often a, a root chakra issue. And then also finances. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So security, home, finance, your sense of safety and security, that, those are all root chakra. Okay. How do we, is there any way to like, oh God, what do you do with it? Like, how do you heal it? Or? Yeah. Um, grounding. Grounding. <laughs> the grounding meditation we just did. Yeah. Okay. And um, exercise is really great for the root chakra. Oh, really? Yeah. Because that gets you grounded and rooted in your body? Mm-hmm. Is yoga good for that, too? Awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. I have to start doing yoga. Any kind of yoga you prefer? Um, I, I think I do hatha most of the time. Okay. It's breath work, right? Or no? It's... No, it, it's more about like, f like flow of poses. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, Kundalini is not good for grounding. If oh, you ever, yeah. Why? Because it's a lot of breath work, and so it kind of like it gets you all like in the upper chakras and dizzy. It opens up the spiritual, like your spiritual centers. So can bad stuff get in that way? I don't think of it that way. It's more just like maybe if you're more of a um, rigid or rooted person and you need to open your crown and, and third eye, it would be a great option. But if you are, if you need grounding, it's not, not the best. You'd say I need grounding probably, right? Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's rude. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Um, you can feel that I live totally in my head, right? Yeah. And I... I did too, and I still do a lot of the time. 
Yeah. And I find that that is a big trait of most creative people. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah, it, that's the gift that comes from it. Oh, this creative stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Big imagination. Well, it took you long enough to say that. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's funny, though, when I do hike and when I do exercise or do yoga, you know, which I do like one time a year or something, I feel like... I feel like so sexy and like connected to my yeah, body, and I'm body. like, I'm like, wow, we're just like all people living our life, and I yeah. just, and then like that, I forget about it and I don't do it, but uh, and I'll make you know not make fun of, but have like a weird not disdain or make make fun of these are too negative, of like gym people like who I probably think of subconsciously as like meatheady meathead people who are beautiful traditionally good looking and come from good families who like exercise every day at the gym and like they're all in their body like all confident I'm like who are these weirdos like to me they are the freaks even though like I'm probably the freaky person to them like in my head with my haircut with my bangs or whatever but uh but then I try out that kind of lifestyle of like healthy health and fitness and like I just feel so connected so it's a nice feeling so yeah and it helps you get in in the present moment too yeah oh god okay well, so we got the root, we're talking root chakra, number one. Now we're moving on to? Number two. That's uh, your second chakra is just a few inches below your belly button. Okay. And, oh, and I didn't mention red is the color for the root. And then second chakra is orange. Second chakra is orange. And that has to do with your creative and sexual energy. And creative and sexual energy are actually the same energy. Oh, wow. Okay. Does that mean you have to have sex to be creative? No. Okay, good. But, Does it help? Yeah, I think. Oh no, I gotta. I haven't. They're had sex intertwined. In a they are intertwined. Yeah. So a lot of times, if if you're feeling sexually blocked, you can feel creatively blocked. God, somebody's probably gonna take that to mean something else and make a bunch of bad decisions. <laughs> but okay, so this is you say, the second chakra, a few a little bit below your belly button. Mm -hmm. It's orange. orange. All right. And what's the next one? And also I want to mention that it, in relation to the second level of your auric field, it's your emotional body. So uh, where you might hold shame in relation to uh, emotional events. And it's very watery. So whereas uh, the root chakra is more um, of a structured level of the field the second level is fluid that probably doesn't make much sense no it does i'm thinking well, it's even like where it is like the first one is like more stable it's not yeah. I mean, this one's by your belly so it's like it's yeah. wobbly and you know belly like or something um so, so then third chakra is yellow third chakra is yellow that's where my intense Holding. vice grip yeah is and it's just about two inches above your belly button. Okay. And this has to do with how you put your energy out into the world. So how you do things, uh, your willpower. And also it's intimately connected to your mind. So the way in which you think about yourself affects your third chakra. Oh, no. So then like the third level of your auric field is considered a part of the mental body and has a lot to do with thoughts. Yeah. 
So if you're not being kind to yourself and you're, yeah. You'll feel that tension in your third chakra, right? You feel it there when you're having Like you're stuck in a spiral. Yeah, panic, worry, overthinking, beating yourself up. So a lot of people who, uh, you know, get stuck in spiral thinking tend to have digestive issues. Oh, really? Okay. All right. So then next is the heart. That's number... Four. Number four, heart chakra. What color is that? Green. Green. And this has to do with love, relationships. So love for yourself and love for others. Now I'm worried about why is this girl, you know, this gets, feels seized and tense. And, and then the third, so the third and the fourth for me are really like, <gasps> tight. So I don't love that. It's yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just wondering why that's happening. I feel like I'm working through so much stuff lately. Mm-hmm. I have an awareness of all this stuff. I yeah. believe that I do. I'm in a willingness and I'm on this journey to change things up and look at myself and everything so interesting that that maybe that's just going through the transition with me and i don't know well what what comes to mind or what what comes up for you well now i can actually take a deep breath i don't know just this learning about this you telling me about like what these chakras mean Mm -hmm. and and you know tuning into the fact that i have these specific feelings like this deathly vice intense grips on both of these zones and what that means it's just like interesting to me and and also it's, you know, at a, t- at a time where I'm really refl- doing self, you know, reflecting on myself and my thoughts and what I want for my life and old behavior and making new choices. So I'm like, you think it'd be a little more loosey goosey, but maybe it's just, it's all transitional or something. I don't know. Yeah. What, what, and oh yeah, so what can we, for the, the third and the fourth, what do you do with those zones? What, you, you pay attention to them, you put a crystal on them. Oh, that sounds ridiculous what I just said. But it's, it's like Starbucks chakras for dum-dums, <laughs> this episode. But uh, I'm asking the questions other people well, it's, want it's, to. It's going to be individual. But and what do you do? For the third chakra, um, observing your thoughts would be really helpful. Seeing and feeling how your thoughts affect that part of your body. Always bringing your awareness into that. Yeah. And then for your heart chakra. For your heart chakra, this is, you know, how are you open with others? I, th- I think of the heart as the bridge between the spiritual and the physical. Oh, wow. Yeah. And also the fourth level of your field. You can actually create from that. You can create from your heart. You can? Like How? There is, well, if you think about it, your heart is where you hold your desires, your longings, and, and often your purpose. So there's a, there's a spot just above your heart chakra. It's called your soul seat. Your soul seat is above your heart chakra? Yeah. Just like, just below your collarbone. And this is where your intention for coming to this planet is held. So the more that you can bring your awareness into your your heart, into your soul seat, connect with that energy, it might not be clear. It might not be. Yeah, because it's more about like sensing into the energy of it and then noticing how your reality is reflecting that. 
Oh, yeah. To you. And then you'll start to see a path. Yeah. Keep going, don't stop. So, fourth is heart, fifth is throat. Color, it's like a sky blue. A sky blue. And your throat chakra is your vehicle for communication. And also your divine will. What does that mean? So, the will of the divine. Uh, how you express your own divinity is all in the throat. And for women, I find there's a lot of throat stuff. Oh, blocked? Mm-hmm. What's divinity mean? Like a, um, allowance of existing or something? Or what you're saying, what you're feeling or thinking? Your soul, God, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Divine energy, the the source from which you came. It's here? Your your throat is the vehicle for that divine will. To express. So, so meaning like your will is how do you want to express your intention, the work that you want to put out into the world? Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. But I, I thought that's what your fifth one did, third chakra did. It's more... Your third chakra is like your willpower, your yeah. personal power. Yeah. To express stuff your, to the world. Yeah, like your your action. Like getting up and doing the work. Yeah. Oh, wow. Getting up and doing it, exactly. Oh, I'm not writing the script I want to. I'm probably very stressed out about that. Anyway, I'm just trying to think about why that's blocked. Well, if there's a lot of tension there. Yeah, that's why I just feel really like, I haven't done the thing yet. Ah. Okay, now I understand that more. And this is the... Like divine... Expression. I think of like Martin Luther King Jr. You know, when he yeah. speaks and you're just like, oh. And me in this podcast, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> um, I feel like this is pretty open for me. Yeah. <laughs> I express too much. You have in a, a very healthy throat chakra. I do? You yeah. can tell? Yeah. I can tell that it's open. How come? Because your voice is clear and precise. I, and I love this. Yeah. I think I communicate too much in a world of non-communicators, and then I get I get met with lots of uh, mm. just like it's too much, like when people will implode or yeah, or I'm always like communicating. Uh, even at, yesterday, I was at Bank of America. This is I have to tell you this now. I can't go back. I was at Bank of America. Everybody's coming in. They're all waiting for the ATM, but nobody. Oh my god! I don't know why I'm telling you. But nobody is standing in an actual line. There is a line. There's a semi-line. Then all these new people are walking in. It was like chaos. And so I was like, oh, just so you know, the line's over here. But maybe it means I'm a tyrannical dictator or something or a bossy jerk or Larry David. But uh, nobody could handle the fact that I was trying to express where the line ended. I was just trying to express. (laughs) Forget it. (laughs) I'm going to cut that out. Probably not. I'll leave it in. Um, Maybe that was my problem. Okay, so what were you saying? <laughs> yes, I've got a clear, cool voice, like Martin Luther King. Totally. Okay, so, and I don't have a thyroid. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, I had it removed. Really? Yeah, I had thyroid cancer, and I did, like, acu- oh I did ac- acupuncture and all these different things. Um, so I have scars, like, all over my chakras. Oh, it's hilarious. So I have this, because they found cancer, and then they had to go in twice and take it out. Then I have this scar on my forehead, like a Harry Potter scar. Mm. And I have another huge scar, like down by that other chakra you're talking about. So it's so funny. I have like all these like chakra scars. Char- chakra scars, I think, are kind of cool. But um, so anyway, did you were you experiencing throat tightness when you were younger? Um, 
I think I probably was like paralyzed and like, you know, not being heard mm -hmm. and weird, all this, like just too these narcissist parents who right. I was born into this life, but there's no room for me. And it's like, I've had to tag along or, or they'd go out of town. And I was just like, um, but I don't know. I, I know that I found out about the thyroid cancer because I had like a lump on my throat that I didn't even notice until somebody else pointed it out. Mm. You know, my voice has always been the same, but I had like a lump. People were like, it looks like an Adam's apple. I was like, oh, and it was, they had to drain this um, cyst, this really big cyst. Okay. And they kept check, draining it and checking the fluid. And then eventually one visit to the doctor, they're like, oh, we found abnormal cells. We have to cut out half of it to see if it's cancer. If it's not, you can survive with, with the half of the thyroid left over. Um, but then they found cancer and then they went back in like a week later on the same incision, took out the other half and then got all the other stuff. But I don't remember ever having a tightness. I don't know. Okay. But yeah, but, but yeah, so back to chakras, <laughs> baby. Moving up yeah. to the brow. So it's your, your third eye your in, third in eye. between your eyebrows. The way you can find it is actually the space from your chin to your nose. Mm -hmm. So you take your thumb, you put it on your chin, and then your pointer finger on your nose. Mm -hmm. And then move it up. Put your thumb on your yeah. nose, and then you'll hit your yeah. third eye. Somebody told me that having bangs blocks your third eye, and this could be problematic. <laughs> Is this person a liar? <laughs> I don't think I believe that. I don't want to believe it, because I yeah. love my bangs. I actually yeah. grew out my bangs for like uh, eight months to free my third eye and do like some challenge. But I think worse things happened in my life after, so I, grew, I cut my bangs again. But uh, what happens to the third eye? So your third eye is your imagination. Okay. Also... Um, that view into other realms, other dimensions. Yeah. Some for clairvoyance, this is what you call your mind screen. So if you receive images from other dimensions, this is all for the third eye. Do you receive those? I'm more uh, clairaudient, so I'll hear, and then also clairsentient, so the empathic. You'll feel. Feel. What are you feeling now? I feel nice. I think we, we charged up the room really nicely. It feels good. Really? Yeah. Hear that, Aristotle? Um, keep going. So third eye. And then your crown. Oh, your crown chakra. What's that all about? So you can probably find right in the center of your head, there's a kind of a tender spot. Yeah. Tender. What does it mean to feel tender? Like soft. Just soft. Okay. Yeah. And this is your connection to divine knowing okay so your connection to the source and it's purple and did i say that the color of the no the third eye is indigo it's indigo mm -hmm. indigo blue and then crown is purple crown is purple how do you access your crown or chakra like what do you meditation how you you pay attention to it in your while you meditate you have an awareness of it or or how yeah bring bring your focus i think it's helpful also when you close your eyes you look up towards your third eye oh yeah okay and feeling the energy flow down from source into your crown is that do you see a color ever is it white light or gold or Anything coming through? 
I I usually experience it as white. Do you do you smoke pot or do psychedelics ever or anything? No. No? no? I went through a period where I was like, I'm going to try all this stuff. And I tried DMT twice and I microdosed LSD. I think 2016 and 2017 were like so unlike me because it's just really not my choice if I was really honest with myself. But I just went on these joy rides where I was like, I'm hanging out with these kooky, neat men I'm having dalliances with. So I'm going to, and uh, did mushrooms. I don't need, yeah. I just wasn't sure if that was something mm. you felt like. Because I was like, oh, maybe that will help access a certain thing or other realms or. And I do feel like sometimes like the mushroom thing was like, a, and maybe even DMT was like a shortcut to like, wow, who knows, you know, the, the universe and the other realms and all these things. But I also think you already have it all in you anyway. So I don't want to put other stuff in my body. But I want to know what you think about that. I don't have anything against it. I I don't feel that I I need it. And also, for me, I, it's too much at once. Like, I would rather have, like, a, a slow progression of expansion than having it all, like, dump in you at one time. Yeah. So I, I feel like mushrooms and LSD and and even, like, ayahuasca and all this stuff, it's, like... It opens your channel in a big way. And I think it can be hard for your body to process. I know it would be for me just because of my sensitivity level. Yeah. What do you think of alcohol? I, well, it's interesting. I haven't, I haven't oh. drank now in like eight months. Um, and I would just, you know, have drinks socially and stuff. But it's, it's numbing. It is numbing, right? Yeah, it's a depressant. Yeah. I had alcohol yesterday and I, I've been, I, I'm, now it's not even, I know it's a nicer choice not to have it, you know? And I, but I know that if I'm, yeah, so it just, it just makes you feel so bad the next day. And, mm-hmm. and why are you drinking when you drink? I mean, sometimes it's fun, although it, I'll, you know, but yeah, I always like to ask people who are like really sensitive and in tune with, you know, and working with energy. Yeah, the more energy work I did, the less. I, I could drink because it was like my body got so sensitive to any kind of substance, like yeah. sugar, anything. Oh, what about caffeine? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, that's the one thing I had trouble not like, like as a vice, I still, I don't now because I'm pregnant. I'll just drink tea, but caffeine is, I don't know, it's fun. It's so fun. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I'm totally, I love caffeine. I think I'm drinking, I, I drink these like little uh, Starbucks, uh, no, not Starbucks. I get them from Trader Joe's. They're, it's like in a little latte can, mm. but it's like cold brew, latte, whatever. It's like three and a half cups, of, the equivalent of like three and a half cups of coffee. And at first I'd have one. I'd look forward to it. I'd salivate. In the morning I'd wake up like, and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to have my can of latte. I can't believe it. And it's a really cute container. And now I'm like, having two a day and so I'm like (laughs) (laughs) and I'm just like oh shit like oh my god this could be dangerous because uh but yeah it's like a milkshake almost and this tiny little sexy cool you know Mm -hmm. looks like so like full of sugar full of caffeine full of sugar full of caffeine and I just like rare to go love it (laughs) (laughs) well because like for a minute I'd like you know I'd take like 
a quarter of an Adderall once a year and be like, this is poison. It's toxic. Oh, my God. Like, but then I, I, I'd kind of be like, oh, but I get so much done. I get so much writing done. But then mm-hmm. I was like, once a year, like once, once a year. And then so that's why I'm like, well, caffeine is at least not that, you know, it's like it, you don't feel like some weird tweaker. I, I would like not, you know, yeah. So I just, uh, it's fun to play with a, a little can of latte instead. <laughs> but yeah. Um, it does, it does tend to spark creativity, right? Yeah. So that's so fun. And just gets me motivated, at least to Swiffer or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but what is he, what's on here? What are you not telling uh, us? Tell us all your secrets, Maxine, or else we're all going <laughs> to like, wait, I'll look over my notes. We're this doing a note check. Well, my notes were more about um, my practice and working with creative professionals. You didn't even mention that. Yeah. Did you really mention that? We we haven't gotten into it, so. Your practice? Yeah. You have to, you know, join me. But like, tell me about your practice. <laughs> <laughs> tell me everything about your practice and how it got started. And uh, wait, are you going to throw a rock at me and tell me to get out of here? Okay, cool. Just just uh, actually physically tap me on my body or else I won't see you signaling if we have to get out of here. Tell me how you started your practice. Yeah, so the integration of working in fashion for so many years and then getting certified in energy healing. I specialize now in working with creative professionals. So there are people who they're ready to step into their personal power and really claim their inner artist. Yeah. They tend to be highly sensitive and work in environments that are not supportive to that sensitivity or really like their uh, artistic process. So we work together in really honing in on their potential and bringing their vision to life. So I designed a, a process and I'm calling it Connecting with the Warrior Within. And we get really clear on what kind of lifestyle you want. So how often do you actually want to work? What do you need to stay inspired? What are your limits and boundaries? So the difference between yes and no. Yeah. How often do you say yes when you really mean no? Uh, aligning with your artistic essence. So understanding the why of your work, your core message, knowing your own creative process. So uh, benefiting from when you're inspired and not forcing yourself to be creative when you don't feel it. Yeah. Uh, And getting clear on how to communicate your vision. Third is communicating your vision. So who is inspired by your work? Who is your audience? What are your, um, what is their vibration like? And what are their struggles? And fourth is knowing your journey. So what have you overcome? What are your accomplishments? And how does your life experience inform your work? So a lot of times we think we need extra training or I need to go to school more or I don't have enough experience. And it's like, no, your life experience is all you need Yeah. to inform what you're going to put out into the world. So you really, you claim that as your expertise. And once all these pieces are together, we 
locate or find your creative integrity. So the definition of integrity is wholeness. So putting all these pieces together, what is the wholeness of your creative expression? How do you stay in alignment with that integrity, especially being in L.A.? It's your, right? Sidetracked and uh, yeah. parties and people and you go on these, yeah, yeah, and you forget who you are and you go on these weird tangents, mm-hmm. yeah. So resisting the temptation to give others what they want instead of what you really want to create. Oh, people-pleasing. Yeah. People-pleasing, yeah. So as we move through each of these steps, what inevitably happens is you meet your wounds. Oh, wow. How? Because you're starting to, to own your power and your creative essence. And usually we learn as children that when that happens, when we really start to express ourselves freely and openly, we're met with... Resistance? Judgments from others, things like that. So what's, what's common, what's, what tends to come up is a fear of being seen. So I find this a lot with creative people. They have the desire for attention and then once they receive the attention they recoil so okay what do you need to feel safe in your gifts what do i need to feel safe in my gifts it's a big question what does that mean though like yeah well learning to see yourself for who you truly are so healing that inner critic that voice in your head that is constantly trying to like keep you in line, keep you from making mistakes, get your shit together, that voice. What, what I've noticed is that is actually the energy of the, the warrior archetype. It's like a really important fiery energy that you could use for your benefit. But right now it's turned towards the self as, as like an attack. Oh, God, yeah. So we find the positive intention in that. And we start to ask that voice, okay, can you give me different ways in which I can implement uh, staying organized or getting stuff done? Yeah, waking up earlier, mm-hmm. creating, you're just, yeah, learning what you're working, you're, yeah, I, I understand. And then also... Practicing receiving compliments and praise. I don't know how you are with this, but I, that was a big one for me. Like anytime someone was like, oh my God, look at what you designed. This is so great. And, and I was like, stop, stop. Like, Yeah, I even had that yesterday where people were like saying nice things about one of the episodes of the podcast. And I was like, I just wanted it to stop. I thought it was, I thought it was like pity or I was embarrassed or I was just like, thought if I accepted it, I would be judged as an asshole or something. And I just wanted it to stop immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, anyway, okay. I just wanted to shut it down because I didn't trust it. And I just felt, yeah, I don't know, a bunch of different feelings. Uncomfortable. Yeah. As if like they were lying to me and that if I accepted, it, I would have fallen for their trick, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a, there's like a protection there that's happening. There's, some part of you wants to protect you from that vulnerability. Yeah. Or feels like an imposter. Anyway, lots of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and exploring healthy energetic boundaries. This is why I'm going to start waiting six weeks before I sleep with a person. <laughs> I'm actually going to start having coffee dates if I ever date again. I will date again. When I date again, slow it down and get to know a person so I can really know if I want them. Oh my God, my stomach is just growled so long. Oh my God. It's lunchtime. <laughs> it is lunchtime. Um, but yeah, just having boundaries and respecting my space. Yeah, it's a big one for sensitive people. Letting someone in your body, like physically. Oh, that one, you mean. Yeah, sorry. That too. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, creating healthy boundaries. It, it's really hard because you, you feel how the other person feels. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, just be so easy just to say yes. I understand. Yeah, yeah. So often we want to fix what's happening in the other person so we feel better. Mm, yeah. Give them what they want. So their body calms down and then my body calms down. Yeah. So we have to learn to res always be responding to ourselves. What, what do we need? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that somebody else's discomfort makes me rattle, uh -huh. rattles me. Yeah. So when I, oh, God. Yeah. The other day I was thinking how if I just hope other people can do the work. If, if I say no to someone, I really hope that they have the capacity to know that it's not personal. I'm just, you know, it doesn't mean I don't like them. It's just... You know, but who knows what, what personal work people are doing on themselves. But if everybody just didn't take everything so personally and get so uh, easily offended or hurt or whatever, it'd be so nice for everyone, mm. for all of us. Anyway, anyway, but go on. So, And that's, that's part of boundaries, too. Like, you're noticing when someone's feelings get hurt, right? Yeah. So are you... Are you aware of when your own boundary has been crossed? Oh, yeah. I, I feel it's like, like sometimes we're more aware of the other the person. person. Because what they might think of me is, is more of concern than how I'm feeling and taking care of myself. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, with, with like working with people, I've been trying to do this thing where if I send somebody a script or I want them to read it or I offer them a part in a thing or whatever or invite them to something, I go, hey, no worry. I always try to make it very clear, like, won't be, I won't be offended if you can't go. No worries at all. Come if it's fun and easy or if you're into it, great. No worries. I just really try to, like, set that up. Um, anyway, just, uh, and then, yeah. And sometimes, I, sometimes I'm shocked by how personally, how angry people get about little things and how, like, hurt and, mm. and uh, when usually, like, if somebody flakes on me, I really don't care. I'm usually relieved. I'm usually like, mm. oh, great. Cool. I'd much rather be at home anyway. I could have a million other things to do. Anyway, I'm off track right now. <laughs> but go on. Keep telling me. Uh, and then how to avoid burnout. How to avoid burnout. So staying inspired. Uh, this has a lot to do with honoring your own creative process and not forcing yourself to be creative when you're not feeling it. And not pig pigeonholing yourself. So a lot of times for creatives, you know, they'll have a success and then they'll have to do the same thing over and over and over again. And how draining and just like, ugh, it's so annoying. Yeah. So understanding the uh, process of expansion and contraction. So what happens is as we get older, we, we grow, we learn. Our system, our energy system will expand and let new inspiration in or new energy in and 
then we process that energy and we put it out into the world. Then what happens is you have to contract. You have to have downtime. Yeah. You have to have moments of doubt. Your ego chimes in. Because as you're expanding and growing, you're entering new territory. Uh, you know, scary, scary stuff like oh, new opportunities. And I've, I've never done this before. And so then your ego chimes in and is like, oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, yeah. don't, don't mess it up. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. Too scary. Yeah. Stay comfortable. And that this is just a really normal process that each person goes through. So we get in touch with that cycle, your cycle of expansion and contraction. And when you're con contracted, what kind of self-care do you need? You know, yeah. don't, don't force yourself to do a big meeting or, you know, it's like time for a bath and... Yeah. Right? That's all I want to do. That's all I do. Yeah. It's like I'm crawling back into the womb. That's what I feel like. That's why I love baths so much. I don't take showers in the morning. I take a bath. Nice. That's where I have all my, like, thoughts and intent, like, glazed over in the bathtub. Like, yeah. Well. So that's the gist. And if this sounds interesting, you can go on my website. Yeah. Tell us where to find you. Bluestarguidance.com. And there's a little uh, page about connecting to the warrior within. You can read more about it. And then click on my contact page and there's a short form for you just to fill out and uh, email me. And I'm going to offer this as a group experience. So a small group, uh, probably no more than 10, but I'll have a few different ones. And so you'll have the support of others going through the same process. Oh, what is that? What, what is the group process? What do you, of, of this work? Yeah, so this, um, the breakdown. That you just went over? Yeah, we'll meet once a week. Oh my God, yeah. And each week we'll tackle a different topic. Oh my goodness. How many, how many hours will it be? Uh, each meeting will be two hours. Okay. So it'll be a, a two hour group meeting once a week. And then for six months. For six months. Yeah. Are you teaching them how to do the work or you're doing work? They're doing work on themselves in the group forum. It'll be, um, I've designed a series of meditations. Yeah. And so I'll guide the group through the meditations. And then uh, each person will get individual time. Oh, wow. So time with me to address any concerns, anything coming up. And then you also have the support of the group. And then what if people, oh wait, do you do hands-on table work with people in this? Probably not, right? No. So tell me about if somebody wants to work with you one-on-one, -on -one, what that looks like. So the, it's a 90-minute session, uh, usually about an hour of counseling work, and then 30 minutes of the hands-on table work. And if that's what you want to focus on, you can contact me the same way through my website. And then we'll, for both, both the group work and the one-on-one -on -one work, I offer a free one-hour phone clarity session where we can get really clear on your needs and how I can support you. Oh, my goodness. And all of that is just on your website, all the info. Yes. And I also, uh, I write every day on Instagram at Blue Star Guidance. I post every day. And just insights from my own personal journey, what I'm learning from my clients. 
and quotes and different workshops. Yeah. Yeah. Is the energy work you do, the hand, like, uh, hands-on work, am I saying it right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that like Reiki or is it totally different? It's not Reiki. It's not Reiki. What's and it? it's probably similar. I, uh, I actually don't know a whole lot about Reiki. Yeah. But for transpersonal energy healing, I'm working with the, the joints, the chakras, the energy bodies. So like in the auric field. Uh, feet, head. It's oh, it's, and it's called transpersonal energy healing. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. and it, for anyone who's interested in learning that kind of work, I'd go to healersforum.com. That's in the valley. Yeah, that's the one you're talking about in Studio City. Yeah, we had a. It was called Lion something or other. Uh, it, it was originally called the Lionheart Institute, but now it's called Healers Forum. And I'm actually on the teaching team there. You are? At Healers Forum. Oh, my goodness. How long is it? Uh, does it take to get... Um, Certified? Yeah. There's uh, level one, level two, level three. So level one is a uh, four-day program. Oh, my God. My stomach. Can you hear it? Everybody, no. everybody did you hear that? <laughs> my stomach is just like, we got to do it. We got to do that, that <laughs> workshop. Um, wait, so four days. How many hours a day? Uh, I believe it's nine to five. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then level two is five four-day weekends. So you go do, you do a four-day class every other month. Wow. And it's broken into two parts. So that's 2A and then 2B is also the same. Okay. And then level three is a new offering that I, I believe is, I have to check when that's starting, but... Level one uh, starts in July, and I believe there's a level 2A. Uh, I can't remember. Check the website. Check the website. Healersforum.com. Healersforum.com, and you teach there. Yes. That's incredible. Um, well, God, oh, my goodness. Are you ready to Wrap give it up? No, are you ready to give birth to your baby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, we, I think we, did we cover it all? Did we? I feel like we covered a lot. Was there anything, any other questions you had? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, I think that's it. I think uh, I think we covered it all. But I will tell you, you've already had a profound effect on me because, oh, after the. After seeing Bridie's movie, um, and after we had done our, our over-the-phone session, my mom came over to my house, you know, being loving, helping me, like, build some kind of piece of Ikea furniture or whatever. So lovely. But she said some, some kind of facial expression, something she said, just her being. I had this, like, hysterical, historical reaction to my mom. Just, like, I got so annoyed with her. And I was so angry. I was just so angry. I went in a fight. And it was, like, I felt this physical sensation of, like, warm anger. I was, like, so angry. And I I just had, I went into the kitchen. And I just was, like, trying to locate the feeling. Where is the feeling mm. coming from? Because, like, you already, like, had such an effect on me. Because I wanted to be able to tell you. I, I wanted to just know myself, like, where yeah. the feeling was coming from. Can I remember now? No. But, uh, but I... Yeah, it was just so. It was just such a nice 
tool to have to know like, oh, tune in, into your body and like, where yes. is it coming from? What does it mean? How can I speak to it? How can I like work through this? So, so thank you for doing all the healing work that you're doing. Cause I fully, it's helping my life. It's like, and That's I just, wonderful. and I appreciate you. So thank you. And thank you for being on my podcast when you're eight months pregnant. <laughs> thank you for inviting me. Of course. Um, I'm going to have to have you back after, after the baby is out. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you. Now leaving Nerdist.com.